just what is going on with these injuries? Can we put a stop to the rot against the Texans? And just how much can a toothbrush cost? This is the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Standing on the arrowhead at arrowhead. Brinkley to snap. Turn to hold. Snap. Set. Kick on the way. Good! Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room and they get that in. Plenty more. Derrick Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Here you go then. Um, it's the Transatlantic Titans podcast. It's Adam here. Harry is here. Hi, Harry. Hello. How the devil are you, what a, sir? What a... Yeah, great. I've done all my Christmas shopping in one day, um, which is always <laughs> exciting. That's stockings included. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, oh, who's, a great who's day getting to be the stockings? Um, lucky, well, lucky lady. Um, well, uh, yeah, I'd love to say Amy's getting a pair of stockings, but um, that's long gone, as you're well aware. Once kids come in the equation, <laughs> it's just briefs, and that's about it. So, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too fun. <laughs> okay, that that went somewhere, uh, somewhere bizarre very quickly. Um, it's just the two of us at the moment. We we've been trying to, <laughs> we've been trying to just organise a time and record stuff. But as as you've just alluded to, it's Christmas. People are Christmas shopping for lingerie and other less successful gifts and all, all of those things um but yeah there might be like a part two with some of the others later in the week um there might not be but we're just gonna have a have a chat about where we are with things it's four consecutive defeats which is not ideal we're not used to this it's been a while since we've had this sort of slide i guess um but Despite if, despite the fact that it looks as though um, all the momentum's with the Jags, who inexplicably came back against Dallas for a win of their own in overtime, which wasn't the it felt like a bit like you're almost starting the Chargers game on a on a downer with that having having happened just before kickoff. Um, but it is what it is. Weirdly, the maths of the division mean that whatever happens in the next couple of weeks. Um, if the Jags are going to win a division, they need to beat us in week 18. So we've all, we've got whatever happens, we've got that to fall back on. Obviously we can clinch sooner, but it looks increasingly likely that that's, that's going to be a, a win and in game. Um, Harry, what do you think of the, of the Chargers game? Was it, was it as bad as in recent, um, recent weeks or? I think there were, there were some bright spots, weren't there? But it was definitely very staccato, um, especially with Ryan Tannehill going off for a drive, injuries plaguing us once again, um, with just everyone and his dog going down, really, who's who's even halfway important for us um, throughout different parts of the game and, and just never really finding a flow that we would have liked. Um, Henry, on one drive, accounted for every single yard of a drive, which kind of shows how dynamic our offense is at the moment. It's a one, one person offense for a lot of time. Um, <laughs> but we, we kind of held our own against a team that I expected us to get absolutely battered by. So I'm not, I'm not heartbroken by it. I thought, you know, it would be another game where by half time I'm kind of thinking, 
is it worth staying up? Is it worth being exhausted tomorrow for? Um, and instead, it's, you know, one of those games where I go out of it feeling semi-optimistic. There were some nice plays from some good players that are probably going to become foundation pieces of our, our offence going forward. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a frustrating game. And nice to see, you know, us actually get some picks as well and, and make some nice defensive plays and, and turn over the ball, which was good. Uh, it was an improved game for the defence, I think. If I mean, it, it when you're only going to put 14 points on the board against a team like a charge, the Chargers, um, it's a pretty default, pretty, what am I talking about? Pretty difficult for the for the defence to do enough to, to force a result. So this isn't on them. Um, I think it hasn't, hasn't been looking as good in recent weeks. Obviously, injury is a big part of that. Uh, but it, even without Danico Autry coming back, it did seem better. We were getting a bit more pressure. And I think Big Jeff might be improving a bit with his, his own injury. Yeah. He seemed to be doing a bit more. Um, Bud Dupree had a good game. So it felt like we had a bit of a pass rush. Pass rush. Oh, there's a frog in my throat today. Um, pass rush going. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, other than that, we're just we're really depleted, and you couldn't yeah. make up the the injury list even in game with with Tannehill, um, Nate Davis later on. Um, I mean, yeah, there was a I saw someone posted a list of about ten players that actually got injured during the <laughs> during the game. It's ludicrous. Um, and and the next next man up mentality is fine, but there is a definite end point to that. I and mean, eventually you just you're... run out of men. Uh, and that's it and I think when Dylan Cole went off I, I remember looking at our roster thinking I'm not entirely sure that we have another off-ball linebacker to go into his spot That and whoever came on I, apologies to him but never heard of the fellow in my life well, so I, I know who you're, you're talking that, about but he got in, he then got injured himself um, exactly <laughs> and it's it's just it's one of those games where we've all we've all played it on, you know, Madden or something where your your best three players have gone out and all of a sudden you've filled in a player that you've never ever heard of, um, who used to be a practice squad player and you know, they can only do so much and with their uh, OVR of fifty three or whatever. Um, it's it's tough, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And you know, hopefully these things get better I've been thinking this now for the last three seasons that maybe we won't have as many injuries going into next week or maybe we won't have as much many injuries going into the next season but um, I don't know whether it's the way we train or or the way we recover or what's going on but we're we're definitely a banged up team but that seems to be season-wide because Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson ruined two of my fantasy leagues this week so yeah win nobody cares um it's 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 two years in a row, I think, that we've used more players on the roster than any other team in the NFL. So it it kind of gets to the point where it's can't just be bad luck like this. I mean, I'm I'm no statistician, um, but you you do you do wonder if you can back if you can back it up or say or still keep saying that it's just unlucky. Um, so either yeah. there's something yeah. going on, strength and conditioning, or the way we train or the way we we play games, maybe we're we're putting more on the line in in games each week than other teams. I, I don't know what it is, and I don't think anybody does, but it does it does feel that it's it's gone beyond just bad luck. Yeah, and, yeah, and part of it maybe is that we we go for players that 
maybe are a little bit injury prone in drafts and things like that, you know, who have fallen for whatever reason, Jeff Simmons being an example, you know, Farley as well and people like that. But you can't then say that's the same for 53 players on a roster, you know, no, even, no. even Henry got injured last season. So, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate and it's frustrating as a fan as well to watch and think, you know, if we had every player available to us every week, I don't think we're in this position where we're getting a bit scared about our AFC title, uh, AFC South title hopes, but it is like that every week at the moment. And, you know, going into the Texans, not not the Cowboys, like I said, on the car takes, um, but the Texans, <laughs> um, you, you, you just wonder, like, who's going to be fit and who's going to be the one to make a play other than Henry and Chig. Who's who has come alive, by the way, and looks great as a tight end and as a rookie tight end in particular. Absolutely love Chiggy. Um, he's got he's got some real speed. He's got physicality. Yeah, it just he's he just seems terrific. And I think we handed the ball off to him at one point. Well, let's see. Yeah, maybe maybe see a bit more of that. I'm not even sure. Like he's he's a tight end, and he I've seen that he he can block as well, but he's he's. He's better than he's better than that. He's a proper skill position yeah. player that offers so much, and yeah, that's a a real reason for optimism. Uh, but yeah, we we're struggling for that many of those. I mean, it's it's all Henry, as you say. Other other than that, and I, I do like you can't like I get that you can't you literally can't hand the ball to him every single play, um, but maybe a little bit more Todd Downing, um, like that third and two. For example, yeah, especially when Tannehill's yeah, find... struggling. Yeah, I, I don't don't get me wrong. I was delighted with a Tannehill sneak to get into a to the end zone for betting reasons. But even I was thinking a bit of a stupid call, really, with a quarterback who's got a dodgy ankle to do a QB sneak at that moment. You know, just hand it off to a, a running back who very rarely gets stopped behind the line. But you know, even getting him involved in the passing game, I know he's not been perfect in that in the past, and he does have his drops occasionally, but. You know, we hit him for a nice screen at one point down the right-hand side of the field or the far side of the field on the on the television broadcast. And getting him involved in those kind of games and getting your best players in space is the trick to, to football. It's why Tyreek Hill is so good. It's why Waddle works so well alongside him. They're both so athletic in a different way to Henry. You know, Chubb is getting the ball in, in different ways for, for the Browns. And just using your, your best players... And getting the ball to them with a yard separation and letting magic happen it needs to happen for Henry as well. And whether that's rushing or passing, I don't really care. But we need to up his usage, even though he's got the most touches in the NFL. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel. Like, it, I don't feel like we're using him badly when we're using him. It's just there's certain moments, like I, I wouldn't mind. Like it feels it feels as if it's a it's we're rigid situationally with this. Like it's. You don't see Henry in the the two minute drill. You don't see him on third and more than a couple, um, but you do see him every single first and second down, pretty much when it's before the two minute warning. And actually, I wouldn't mind mix if if it's if it's just a sort of snap count thing. I wouldn't mind sticking Haskins or even Chestnut in there a little bit on first and second down if it means that. We can have Henry in more of the more of the big plays, the key moments. Like I don't, I don't care whether whether it's a two minute drill. Um, if he's on the field, the defense have got to pay attention. And oh yeah, on the on the, on the flip side, 
who know who knows that Haskins can't be a half decent first and second down back because we haven't really given him much of a much of an opportunity, and I don't think he's done done anything wrong. Um, no, and and in his little bits that he's he's had his opportunity and he has looked like he's got a bit of a burst and, and a bit of pop. Um, kind of reminds me of Deontay Foreman last year in terms of not as physical, but you at least see something from him that you think you have some building blocks. And yeah, I don't mind putting a, a different player in there on a first and second down if that means that we can have our best player on the field for yeah. our biggest plays. Like, it, I know, I, I, know, I know we've got O-line issues and I know the O-line is, is struggling compared to a year ago, but we saw with Foreman, as you say, and with Hilliard, um, you know, even, oh, I don't know about Adrian Peterson, but we tried a few, we tried a few different backs when Henry went down and the drop-off wasn't enormous. Um, I think Henry's not doing as well this year, probably maybe partly because of the O-line, um, but it's the, it's the same with the others. I don't, I don't think that as, yeah, as we've seen that others can have some success. Um, it's just, just being a bit, bit different, a bit smarter with it, I think. Um, yeah, the O-line yeah, again. And, and just, Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. The 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 yeah, that's just the O line. Um, it's as long as Dennis Daly is on the field, um, I'm just wincing. You know, the late the later in the game yeah. it got, the worse that got. Um, every drop back for Tannehill, and we knew. Well, the Chargers knew he had a a dodgy ankle. Um, so he's not he's not elusive, um, but they were. You know the getting pressure within seconds every time he dropped back towards the end of that game. And it was just fellows, nothing, nothing we can do about it. I mean, too, too many sacks. Um, I don't know. I mean, mostly it's daily, but I don't think some of the others are playing that well either. And it's, it's contagious. I, I, I get that. It was unfortunate. Yeah. Another injury. Raiden's came in. They were going to mix it up a bit. Raiden's looked better immediately off the bat. And then, of course, he got hurt. So then we're rest of the game with with Dennis Daly. Um, we're stuck with this, short of a couple of of new O linemen off the practice squad or whatever. It's just it is it's going to be like this for the rest of the year, I think. Yeah, and that's that's really where your OC needs to make his money um, and find a way to chip block double team a, a you know a Joey. I know Joey Bosa wasn't on the field, but a Joey Bosa type player. It felt like you know, he was. And, and, <laughs> Yeah, I, thank goodness he wasn't because if he was, I mean, uh, Hill wouldn't have had a leg by the end of the game, I don't think. But um, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where the OC then needs to realise the weakness, which isn't caused by him. You can't really blame him for that. You can blame him for a lot of other things. But, you know, an O-line being as underprepared as it probably is with the injuries it has, you, you kind of give him a little bit of a pass, but maybe not not too much of a one. Mm. Um, but you would like to see him scheme it up a little bit where, you know, like we did with Jack Conklin's rookie season, lo- loads of tight end chip blocks, make his life easier. You know, find a way to keep a running back in there if it is a passing game or leak out to the left or right once you know it's not, you know, massive pressure coming from that left-hand side if you've got that opportunity. Screens again, you know, you know that they're just going to be screaming at the, the QB where, where possible. So find a way to get it out of that hand nice and quick and and let a playmaker make a play. But, um, you know, I think commentary made a really good point about Brewer as well. I've always quite liked him because he's been undersized, but he's 6'1 <laughs> and 
like 210 pounds or whatever they said or something ridiculous like that not quite 210 pounds but you know undersized and, uh, for alignment but over, oversized for a normal human being yeah you know even on our podcast we've got three lads that are bigger than him <laughs> and, and when you phrase it like that it's just you can't Okay, yes, you can be a great technician. You can be smart. You know, you look at Aaron Donald, he's technically undersized for, for a D lineman, especially interior. But I don't think that works necessarily as easily for an O lineman when you're reactive rather than making the move in the first place. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, d- I don't know what. Yeah, I d- I'm not sure there are answers with this. So, I mean, so, some of it we can blame, but you could blame J Rob. Um, you know that's that's it's only two weeks since that all happened and um, you could blame Todd Downing and you could blame the players themselves even even coach Brable um, but yeah there feels like it's a, a perfect storm of stuff that isn't helping at the moment the game itself I mean it it, it seemed like 7-7 for a lot of the game and the defense making plays uh, I I think we need to give a bit of love for the the team interception on the stroke of half time. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's much that happens that's sexier than that than that play. Um, Roger McCreary really gets the assist and probably deserves like a half a half the interception, if not more, as he's batted it back to Kalu. I mean, I don't know if you're a a cricket fan, Harry, but any any cricket fans that are listening will recognise the. The technique from you know, a, a ball going for six where a fielder can't step over the boundary rope but can reach the ball um, to bat it back to another fielder who's inside the boundary rope to make the catch. And that's exactly how this interception went down. Transpires yeah. there's some rules about what you're allowed to do um, and there's question marks of whether it legally should have stood because it needs to be batted backwards. Um, whether it was, I'm not entirely sure, but Come on, the spirit of the thing. I've never seen that before in the NFL. Yeah. I think if you make a play like that, maybe the rule book takes a little bit of time on the bench, like most yeah, of our yeah. players with injuries. So it just, it just takes a little minute where you're like, you know what? Maybe that's we too, should have that's too that good. Stand, too but... good not to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like just one of those things where, okay, it's like VAR in football. It might be offside by an arm, but he did just score an overhead scorpion kick. So we will maybe let it go just a little bit. Um, but yeah, just a, just an amazing play. And I think actually McCreary had a pretty decent game, all, all things considered. Um, and that was kind of the icing on the top of the cake and, and kept the Titans in it really. Because I think if they score a touchdown or all points even going into the half, I think it, we look at a very different complexion of a, of a game going into that second half where we're chasing mentally, even though it's not a massive scoreline difference. Um, I think just the mentality of a game changes quite a lot if you go into a half, you know, yeah. down down by what we would have been. Um, and yeah, Joshua Clue just always tends to be part of a big play, doesn't he? He got a block against, I think it was the Chiefs, was it, a few years ago? Or, um, he, blocked that, he blocked that field goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, he, he just loves a big play. Never really gets on the field he is one of those players with that next man up mentality but um and I think he probably wouldn't have even been on the field if it wasn't for an Adams injury around about the same time I think or, or something similar so um but yeah just great great to see him you know make a play and, and continue his thing of making big plays in random spots which is 
what we need. We need just people to step up and make a difference. And especially going into this week where we win and we could seal the division in theory. Um, so, you know, who knows who the unheralded hero may be. Unheralded hero. Wow. Someone <laughs> swallowed a weird thesaurus. Um, but yeah, you know, a big play by somebody who I, I've never heard of wouldn't go amiss um, come Saturday night. There's a lot of uh, pris pronunciation of our worms tonight, isn't there? It's uh, it seems a bit uh, a bit tricky for for all of us. There were opportunities, well, like as, despite all that, we Randy Bullock missed a kick in the second half from 51 yards. It should have been closer. It should have been about 10 yards closer. Um, I mostly, I was mostly irritated with the oh, partly the third down play call, but just the the execution again. Um, yeah, I mean it's you. You know that you're probably not going to convert from there. Um, so do you, do you call something that's not going to lose you a big chunk of yardage to give your kicker the best chance? I know, I know, it seems a bit negative, but I've I've always feel like it's it's whatever Todd Downing calls is the wrong, like just maybe some of this is execution to to say what Mike Vrabel would say, uh, but. Yeah, you've got to play better. You've got to coach, blah, blah, blah. But come on, I think a tight game like that, we needed those three points at, at that moment in time. And you can blame Randy if you want. You can say like another kicker might have got nailed a 51-yarder, but you can't expect your kicker to be routinely knocking them through. I mean, we were so blessed with Baronas and Suckup, as we've said many, many times. Uh, but we know what we've got. You've got you've got to give yourself your best chance. And that you know, taking a sack there wasn't it. Dennis Daly again. Yeah, and I think you I kind of do feel sorry for Todd Downing in that situation because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because if we call a run on that play, everyone goes, Oh, it's a run. We're never gonna have a chance to get first down. What's the point in that? Yeah, but yeah. given the situation, it's the same way as coaches talk about going for it on fourth down, and the analytics will say that you should go for it on a fourth and two in the you know with five minutes left in the third on your own forty if you're down by seven because this this and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That may be the case, but sometimes you're better to pin them back and hope for the best, or or you bet you are better to go for it, and it just depends on that feel of the game. And personally, then yes, I would have liked maybe a little bit of a safer call and then an easier kick. Should we have probably still got the kick? I mean, a 51-yarder. I don't think I could probably make one from 20 yards. We'll maybe try it out one day and see how we go. But, uh, <laughs> that'd be a fun day. Um, but yeah, I just it's just um, points lost. And when, you're, when your offense is sputtering as much as it is, you just can't miss the opportunity to get some points on the board. Um, it turned out to be hypothetical, but what would you have done when we scored the second touchdown to bring it to within one point with 50 odd seconds to go. Actually, yes. the we could have done with being stopped short on third down to take more time yeah. off the clock and to score on fourth down. But that, that regardless of that, that didn't happen. Um, and it proved to be irrelevant. And this is a bit of a moot point, but would you have gone for two there if it was up to you? Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I, I personally would have. And I think, it's almost the opposite to the game that we had in 2019 in London or 20, 2019 in London, 2018 in London. Um, because we were on the back foot the whole game. We didn't look as good as the Chargers. I think even if we go to overtime there, we're likely to lose, to be honest. Whereas I'd rather put my chips in for a 50-50-ish play 
Um, and then, okay, we're only up by one, but in the back of the charges mind then, they're knowing that they can't just, you know, dilly-dally, hope for the best. And even if it doesn't go well, we get overtime. There is that pressure on those early downs in that case, in the 50-second clock to think, oh, actually, we, we do need to get a bit of a wriggle on here. And even if it's to get into the same position that they got into for the field goal, and all right, they may have still got there, but at least we would have either known with 50 plus seconds gone that we're, we're not going to get it unless we get an onside kick, in which case, amazing drama. Always quite enjoy an onside kick try because <laughs> you just, okay, you kind of know what's going to happen, but you still live with hope. Yeah, um, yeah. Or or you you put that pressure on, on the offense to really perform on those early plays in that drive to, to make sure that one, they're not getting behind the clock and one, they're not, and two, not getting behind their, their own sticks really of where they need to be for that field goal to, to even be even win the game and not lose the game I think not losing the game is a massive mental thing whereas drawing a game and going to overtime when you know you're in the ascendancy probably is like nah. I hadn't really thought about that dynamic I'm just watching this assuming that the Chargers would have done exactly the same if they needed like if they would be high and rather than level um, like the way the way they played that they weren't they weren't scared of losing you know, Herbert through chucking it around like that. That was incredible from uh, Herbert, I thought, for what it's yeah. worth. Like yeah. it, so, sometimes you've just gotta you've got to appreciate what the opposition does. Um, it's frustrating because we'd largely kept in quiet. Um, but it just wasn't you know, the defense were gassed. It was a couple of drives too many in the end. And but what a couple of plays he made that the the one to Williams was just an in- incredible throw on the run. And yeah. it's it's and it, difficult to defend that. Yeah, and, and it's plays like that that do warrant the hype that Herbert gets as well. And why when you, you if you lose to a, a chance play or a really bad defensive breakdown, then all right, you know, you can be annoyed at that. But when a QB just takes the game in his own hands and wide receivers make plays for him, you've just got to appreciate it and just think, you know, we saw something that was albeit rubbish to watch, but also a great, great set of plays by him. So, although, why am I saying that? Like, I'm a Titans fan. Why would I ever <laughs> want a good a good play from another? But, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's frustrating. It seems to happen to us quite a lot. Uh, you know, Mahomes in AFC Championship game, just making plays left, right and centre. Um, even Mac Jones making plays against us and looking decent, you know, in the time that he's faced us and, Teams tend to have their coming out party. Herbert's already come out, but um, tend to maybe should rephrase that. But yeah, so they tend to have that, that against us. And that was just a, a little bit of, of magic, which always goes against us. But I'm sure if you spoke to enough Jags fans, Texans fans and Colts fans, they would also say that players have their amazing games against them. Yeah, and really against it... any. It feels like that for any team. I think that yeah, you're going to get this sometimes. Um, the Chiefs have yeah, they took the Texans to overtime. Um, I me- I mentioned this because we're obviously about to play the Texans again in Nashville on a, what's going to be a cold Saturday, possibly the coldest Nashville game on record. And there've been one or two in recent years that would come close. And we'll see we'll see about that. But the Texans. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Kansas City were just half asleep on cruise control. Um, yeah, the Texans obviously played 
played well. I don't know how that the dynamic of that result and what turned out to be a brutal loss for them in overtime, whether that changes how it's it's going to be for them coming into into Nashville. You could read it one of two ways. You could read it as if, well, the Texans have that's going to give them confidence they can hang with the Chiefs, or on the flip side, they've just given it absolutely everything in a game and then just sort of had a brutal loss on the end of it. It might break them. They've got they've got nothing to play for record wise other than the draft pick. And there'll be players obviously playing for their their roster spots next year, playing for a contract, whatever. But it's yeah, if there is a a divisional matchup that we need to get things right. The Texas at home should should be as as easy as it gets in theory. But we're going to have challenges. It's possible that Tannehill's out. Yeah, it's a it's the best get right game that we could have to face the worst team in the NFL at the moment, in my opinion. It, I know that they had a good performance this weekend, but as a whole, they have been um, less than less than average by a long, long way. Um, so, yeah, you'd hope that even with Willis and letting him run actually a little bit rather than, you know, making him throw balls. Because when he, when he plays off script, he I think he produces some of his nicest football that he's played for the Titans. So if we just let him run and, and get ahead early, it shouldn't be an issue for us. But um, saying that, we've just seen four bad displays from the Titans, so let's not get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I think four most well, four bad displays. We had the Eagles was a bad display. And I th- the the second half against the Jags was a bad display. I don't think we played that badly against the Bengals. And I think parts of Sunday weren't that bad. But the momentum the, the way a lot of the body language, a lot of the, the stuff going on around it all is bad. Um it's a it's a funny, it's a funny time um, with the, the J Rob firing in amongst all of it. You know, it's not the ideal way for a team to be at this stage of the season. Um, but yeah, we definitely need that win, and I'd I'd like to think we can get it. It almost like having a win just to get the confidence level up a bit more and the the good mood. It feels more important than actually the record in the division and what's what's going to happen. So I think regardless of the Texans, the Jags are playing the Jets uh, without Mike White. And then they're playing, they're playing the Texans themselves. And if the Jags win both of those games, it doesn't matter what we do, or even if, you know, we'll be, it'll be a winning in game regardless. So I think we need this victory for other reasons. Just to... Yeah. And I think, you know, the Titans haven't been a team that's used to, losing or, or losing in a, in a way that we have, you know, four games in a row. Over the last few years, we've been really consistent with not having big slides and not having moments where we thought, oh, whereas we've kind of had two this year already, this season with the first two weeks and then obviously the last four weeks as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's important just for their mentality just to get back on track and to play winning football because no matter what level you're playing at, whether it's Sunday league football, whether it's a game of tennis in the park or whether it's, you know, the NFL, if you're used to winning, you're used to winning. And if you're used to playing well, you're used to playing well. And as soon as you have a few games where you're playing crap or you're not playing as well as you should be, you're not getting the results that you think you might have deserved in a couple of the games, or, you know, you're not getting the the output from a teammate that you might have wanted or whatever it is, your head does start to drop and you do start to doubt yourself. And I think as soon as that happens, 
you're screwed in whatever sport you're playing. Um, and we just, yeah, we kind of need to get out of that mentality of doubting and, and back to just being a smash mouth football team that, you know, is the stronger team, is the more physical team and, and in the end will grind you down. I don't know what the future holds for this roster. Um, there's there's going to be quite some change, I think, next year. And certainly whenever Tannehill goes and whether whenever Henry goes, we're going to see a very different looking Titans team. I, I hope that we still have the same head coach. I hope that the decisions are correct in in and around that. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, yeah, I just I want to see some I want to see some fight again and some some, some spirit. I think some of that's been been a bit lacking. Um, the Texans, we yeah, they might come into Nashville and beat us, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily change our playoff chances dramatically. Uh, but uh, yeah, I want to see I want to see this rot stopped. Um, and as cold as it's going to be, they're probably fans. Fans aren't going to turn up, and their numbers are there. I, think for, I can imagine they're t- trying to sell their tickets in their droves because you don't want to sit in the in freezing conditions with not much on the line. I can, I can sort of see all that, but um, regardless, we've got we've got to we've got to do something. We've got to make something happen. Um, yeah. And me wanting it is enough, right? We'll get it. That's how it works. A hundred percent. You know, I don't think I've ever been let down as a fan of any sports team <laughs> when I've really wanted something <laughs> enough. You know, I just look back to um, England against France. Wasn't let down then. Um, I wasn't let down by, you know, Aston Villa in any of their finals that I've ever gone I've and got, I've got to I've take some blame. I've got to take some blame for the World Cup because I don't think I wanted it enough. Oh, well, that's that's fair enough. You know, were you one of these people that was protesting it but still watching it every day or, or how did it work? I mean, I was still watching it. I'm protesting? I'm not sure I'd even go that far. What am I going to do? But I don't know. I think I... But I was more pessimistic for some reason. I'm not really not sure why. But it's winter. It's cold. You're allowed to be pessimistic in winter. You know, wait, wait till, wait till it's in the US, Mexico, and Canada in four years' time, and and we'll be there. We'll be giving it large, and we'll be very optimistic. And then England won't let us down. That'll be the that'll be the way to go. Same way as Titans this weekend. You know, guaranteed win for both of those things. England in 2026, and the Titans this Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, any more Titans-related business? We we don't know if there's going to be another another mini pod this week um my you know realistically my expectations aren't high uh, we're, we're dealing with some flaky individuals and not present company accepted of course and um, so we'll we'll see what happens i don't know i'm I've, I've actually been pretty flaky on pretty much everything i think i missed a car takes at one point um life has definitely got in the way flake flaky you I'm got not flaky i'm, I'm... <laughs> I'm washing myself in head and shoulders on that bad at the moment. I mean, it's just <laughs> flakes everywhere. Um, you've got yeah. you've got a nine month old uh, baby boy who you can. It's great. I reckon you've got a few more months and years of you've got that excuse card ready whenever you need it for anything. But yeah, it's, I've it's I've good. used it on a, a couple of occasions, not with this, but just in general life of. Oh, we were meant to be going to do this, but unfortunately. I can't. The boy's doing other things today or he's just not cooperating or being late for stuff. That's the best one because even if it's not true, you can say, oh, I was just leaving the house and he sicked up on me. I'm really sorry. I had to get changed. It happens. Or, you know, it happens. Yeah. 
I'm re- I'm really sorry. It's it's not my fault. Or you know you're you're tired because you stayed up to watch a Titans game until half past twelve on a on a Sunday night, and you got work at seven a.m. on a Monday. You know I'm I'm really I'm really sorry. The boy was up all night. It was a nightmare. Whoa, what a time. Uh, yeah, you've got yeah you've got an excuse. That's my point. None of the others have. Uh, so we're going to throw them under the bus because they're not here right now. That's how this works. Anything non-Titans related to finish? Um, uh, yes. So uh, I did my Christmas shopping today, like I said, and uh, toothbrushes. Now, back when I was little, Santa used to bring me a toothbrush every year. Um, you think that's, an, that's twin pack the twin pack? That's an acceptable gift, is it? Well, from Santa, yeah, it was fine because, you know, jobs, jobs are good and it was a pound. Everyone was happy, right? Not that I knew that it was a pound back in the day. Hopefully, we don't have any too young listeners to this, but you know, it was a it was a simpler time. Now, um, my partner wanted a toothbrush this year, wanted a fancy one. I thought jackpot, cheap, no problem. The most expensive one in the shop was four hundred and fifty pounds. Like, what's this toothbrush doing? Taking you to Spain four, each day to wash? Four hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, for a toothbrush. G- genuinely, what's it do? I don't know. Times you tells you how good you're washing your teeth. I don't know what it was, but four hundred fifty pounds for a toothbrush. Just want to point out, she didn't get that one, but four hundred fifty <laughs> quid brush. Mental. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I do like I do like an exp- an electric toothbrush, uh, but like sure, other other than whirring around and sort of doing the work for you, what else can they do? What else can it do? Come on, world. Light up. I think these ones light lit up. They told you how long you brush your teeth for, all of this malarkey. But yeah, um, that was uh Yeah, is is that is that really needed? I, I don't know. I'm not so I sure. I don't think so. No. Um, what about you? What's what's your non Titans? Weather? Can we do I can't I can't I can't believe we're about to say this. Um Sunday night I had to drive home before the before the Titans game. But it was dark. It was sort of like five five o'clock driving home from West London. And like we've had six inches of snow a week ago. And it had been it had been freezing all week, so it stuck around. Sunday, weather weather turned, like mild mild air, and it started raining. Well, it was snow to start with, then it was sleet, and then it was rain. And there's some rapid, rapid thaw. And Six six inches of snow on all the fields and all the roads around motorways causes problems when it thaws in no time whatsoever. Standing water everywhere. Some of the most scary, scary ass conditions I've I've ever driven in. And I, I, it's happened a couple of times before in my life where there's been extreme wet weather, but this this felt another level because of the because of the snow that had been there. But where you you're on the motorway. And there's standing water that you sort of see at the last minute, a lot of it. And a vehicle in the next lane, massive lorry hits the standing water and it cut down like a, basically a tsunami on top of your car at 70 miles an hour. And there's that couple of seconds before the wipers sorted out that you cannot see a thing. And I, I knew there's something behind me and I've got no option, but to basically slam the brakes on absolutely. You know, just, myself completely um yeah yeah and i remember I, I was driving once and exactly the same thing just couldn't see really 
five five meters ahead of you, just having to follow lights and hoping for the best kind of thing couldn't, is yeah. Yes. Couldn't couldn't see lights, couldn't see anything. For it's only a couple of seconds, but it's enough. You like you can't. It sounds weird, but if I if I'd look, spent that time looking at changing the channel on the radio or something, it might not have been an issue. Like you know, I don't know if it's a psychological thing, but that moment. Uh, there's zero could i don't know what you, you it's weird like you obviously have to see <laughs> sounds obvious thing to say when you're driving it helps if you can see but yeah that at that speed it's a horrible horrible moment and yeah they weren't they weren't nice conditions and you can't and with the amount of water and the melting snow when you can't see the lines of the road that doesn't help either um no in so. 20 years time when we have self-driving cars do you think our non-tines related will still be as car-based as it is I hope at the so. moment? Because we've obviously heard about it. I, I hope so. You know, my automated, Vex will something be like all oh, my automated car, just, um, you know, connects to my phone when I don't want it to, like a ring doorbell, and that'll be fine. <laughs> you know, Miles won't be able to fit in his because he's too tall and they're made too small or something like that. It'll just be like, Are they nice. going to be smaller? Is that how this works? I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Neil, Neil will pick up an old one, and then we'll all be upset when it dies. It will just be, you know, <laughs> nice, nice little things like that. Yeah, I don't know what a self-driving car would have done in those conditions. Genuinely, like, I don't know how it how it can factor in everything, but hey, uh, who knows? And, right, that's got to be enough so, of us. You know, we, I was going to say we we come with like some positivity to begin with, and then we leave with the big questions of what will self-driving cars do in the rain. And, you know, we'll just let you ponder on that, really, more so than anything else as a listener. Um, not that anyone's got this far, but if you have, you know, good luck trying to get to sleep tonight whilst thinking about what self-driving cars would do in the rain. If you have got this far, tweet us at TransatlanticTN with the hashtag Harry's Toothbrush, um, just to let us know that, you, uh, that you're with us at the end. <laughs> right, there, there, there we go. Um, if, you, if you've got this far, well done, really. I've got nothing else to say. Um, no, it's been it's been an emotional roller coaster as I am expecting Saturday night to be. Um, Christmas you know, Eve. I know who schedules American football games for Christmas Eve. It's uh, it's inconsiderate, is what it is. Um, yeah. But also a nice little pick me up. So yeah, we're uh, we'll see how that goes, and who knows? I'll even do a car takes on Christmas Day. Oh, nice! Yeah, I like this. That's something to look forward to, if nothing else, right? Cheers, Harry. Um, appreciate it. Cheers. Um, yeah, all the best, everyone. Enjoy your Christmas. Hopefully, we will have a win to discuss. I don't want to commit to when we we next put a podcast out because, as you can tell, it's unpredictable. Um, but fingers crossed it'll be soon. And tighten up. Tighten up. Merry Christmas. <laughs>